Hello and welcome to the Jack Benny program from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. If you follow the news, you've probably seen that the price of gold has been setting new all-time highs recently. There are several reasons why that is happening, including the rising cost of living, our national debt passing $34 trillion and continuing to skyrocket, and the upcoming elections in November which add to the economic uncertainty. It's why so many Americans, including myself, are turning to Birch Gold Group. Text OTR to 989898 to get a free info kit on diversifying your IRA or 401k into gold. With an A-plus rating with the BBB, you can count on Birch Gold. Just text OTR to 989898 to claim your free info kit now. J-E-L-L-O! The Jell-O Program, starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. The orchestra opens a program with Ferryboat Serenade. During recent months in county fairs all over the United States, lots of housewives have been winning prizes for the best homemade pies and cakes. And meanwhile, right in their own homes, thousands of housewives have been winning another prize, the blue ribbon of family approval, simply by serving those three new dessert favorites, Jell-O puddings. Jell-O puddings are ready-prepared puddings that take hardly any time or effort to make. Merely add milk, cook a few minutes, and then cool. And there's a pudding, ladies and gentlemen, that tastes positively homemade. A rich, luscious pudding with a world of grand pleasure in each creamy spoonful. Jell-O puddings come in three delicious flavors, chocolate, vanilla, and butterscotch. And they're made by the same folks who make world-famous Jell-O. So after this, whenever you buy Jell-O, ask the grocer for several packages of Jell-O puddings, too. When it comes to smooth, creamy flavor and all-around dessert enjoyment, you just can't beat those popular new members of the Jell-O family, Jell-O puddings. serenade played by the orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I bring you a man who returned to the air last Sunday, happy as a June bride and just as nervous, Jack Benny. Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, I appreciate the fact that you tried to start the program with a laugh and almost succeeded but I wasn't the uh, least bit nervous last Sunday, not the slightest. Why, Jack, what are you talking about? You were shaking like a leaf. Now, listen, Don, you should be the last one in the world to talk about me being shaky. By all during the program, your chins were doing the lakanga. <laughs> <laughs> and the one in the middle was out of step. <laughs> so there. Well, just the same, I wasn't as jittery as you were. Uh, Don, let me explain the difference between being uh, jittery and high-strung. For instance, you take a good bird dog when he's all keyed up and ready to go. He's not nervous, but he stands there, his whole body quivering, ready to spring into action. And that's the way I was, Don, just like a bird dog. I see. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Rover. Take that quail out of your mouth. <laughs> Mr. 
Mary, I was only making a comparison, that's all. I was explaining to Don that I wasn't nervous last week. I was just high-strung like anybody who wants to give a good performance. He's right, Don. Did you ever see a football player before a big game? Or a fighter before he goes into the ring? Why, of course. Did you ever see Helen Hayes before she steps out on the stage? Certainly. Did you ever see Jack in a bathing suit? <laughs> What's that guy do? <laughs> we were talking about nervousness. You ring in my bathing suit. Where's the connection? It needs a new belt. <laughs> All right, so it needs a new belt. Now, Mary, if you can quit punching them out for a minute. <laughs> Let's be thankful that the first show went over so well. You know, Don, I read some swell reviews on the fantasy I wrote. You know, where the blue fairy woke us all up? Ed Sullivan raved about it. He did? Yes, and that's a critic's opinion. He said that, uh, well, I got the review right here with me. Would you like to hear it? Yes, yeah, stop drooling. <laughs> well, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Now, listen to this. Uh, the Jell-O program opened its, um... Wilson. Harris. Livingston. While Jack Benny... <laughs> while Jack Benny... The Waukegan Weasel. The Waukegan Weasel. Mary. <laughs> while Jack Benny not only appeared in the show, but wrote and produced the fantasy of the Blue Fairy which, in the opinion of this reviewer, was unquestionably puerile and banal. It was what? Puerile and banal. I'm not making it up, Don. It's right here in black and white. <laughs> but, Jack, puerile means childish, infantile. Well, of course. I wrote it for the kiddies. And banal mean what's happened to the kitty shouldn't happen to a dog. <laughs> Oh, no, it doesn't. Yes, Jack, banal means hackneyed or trite. You know, old-fashioned stuff. Oh. Gee, I can't understand it. Those words look so good. <laughs> oh, well, our listeners liked it. That's all I care about. They certainly did, Jack. In fact, uh, I brought a clipping along I thought you might not have seen, and it's very complimentary. It is? I'll read it to you later. Read it now when I need it. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, here it is. Our Sunday evenings at home will be much more pleasant now that Jack Benny is back on the air. Well, what paper is that in, Don? The Alcatraz Herald. <laughs> well, Don, that seems to be the consensus of opinion. Mary, did you see any reviews on our first broadcast? No, but I went to Fifi's Beauty Parlor yesterday, and the girls there just raved about it. At Fifi's, huh? They thought everything I said was so cute. Well, sure, you're a good customer at that beauty parlor. They talk about anyone else on the program? Just Phil. He goes there, too. <laughs> I know. And what burns me up, he goes around telling everybody that his hair is naturally curly. It's really as straight as a string. I've seen him in the morning, you know. <laughs> oh, uh, here he is now. Hello, handsome. Well, here I am, folks. Lay down them cards and turn up the dials. Boy, what a Smithfield. <laughs> Phil, what makes you think that this program never gets started until you come on? We've been doing all right. Yeah, but you guys don't get them belly laughs, them socceroos, them bafolas. Oh, you and your bafolas. <laughs> By the way, Phil, did you hear anything about our first broadcast? Well, at Fifi's, they said that we I... We heard about that. <laughs> 
Did you see any reviews in the paper? Yeah, saw one right up in the Butcher's Gazette. The Butcher's Gazette, eh? Did they like the show? Yeah, they said it was Barry Cleaver. <laughs> How's that, folks? Harris clicks again. I'm rolling out. Bill, what was that supposed to be, a bipolar or a socceroo? Well, when they stop laughing, I can't tell yet. <laughs> oh, that's right. Now, Phil, you might have a few more Butcher Gazette gags up your sleeve, but I think it's about time for a number. How about playing something? Okay, Jackson. Say, Jack, what about that idea of yours? What idea? Oh, yes. Uh, Phil, I've got a great suggestion for something new this season. What is it? Well, inasmuch as we try to inject something different into our show... I thought it would be a novelty if I played violin with your band once in a while. What do you say? Over my beautiful dead body. <laughs> now, wait a minute. This program needs new talent, and I can take the place of one of your violinists. That little guy there on the end. But, Jackson, I got a perfect arrangement of this next number, and one bad note is liable to spoil the whole thing. Phil, a bad note in one of your arrangements is like throwing a rose into a barrel of Roquefort. <laughs> So make way in that fiddle section. I'm going to town. Oh, Jack, why don't you let well enough alone? I know what I'm doing, Mary. Come on, Shorty, let me have your violin. Yes, sir. Thanks. It goes under your chin. I know where it goes. Don't worry. <laughs> Wait till I tune up, Phil. That cat ain't dead yet. <laughs> Bill, stop with that stuff, will you? No kidding. I, I wish you wouldn't be so puerile and bano. <laughs> puerile and bano? What's that? A dance team. Puerile and bano, the aristocrats of rhythm. They're a sensation. Well, send them out to bowl. I'll give them a job. Oh, fine. What a mentality. Bill, you know, you ought to take up pressing flowers so you'd buy a dictionary. <laughs> Look who's talking. You didn't know what Puerile and Bano meant yourself. I knew they were words. I didn't think they were people. <laughs> All right, Phil, I'm ready. Let's go. Well, I guess we got to do it, boys. You know how scarce jobs are. <laughs>
Darn it, I broke a string. All right, so we'll wait. Who needs it? Let's go! Me calling when the rain at Amapoli. Out of Your Eyes, played by Phil Harris and his orchestra, with violin hot licks by Sizzle Strings Benny. <laughs> I, uh, I guess that was bad, eh? I'd like to be able to guess like that at Santa Anita. <laughs> Mary, you take my word for it. It was very good. Say, Phil, I think I'll come out the Wilshire Bowl and play with your orchestra tonight. You do, and I'll slap that cover charge on you. I'll pick up more than that in quarters. <laughs> hey, speaking of dough, Jackson, that reminds me. What about that $10 you owe me on the World Series? Oh, oh, that's right. I had Detroit. Yes, sir, I forgot all about him. Well, Benny's a good loser. $10, eh, Phil? Yep, 10 bucks. Okay, I'll go out in the hall and get it for you. Nobody will look. You can roll your sock down right here. I don't get smart. I don't carry money in my sock anymore. Oh, that's right. Not since that day at the circus. You're darn right. What happened, Mary? A midget picked his ankle. <laughs> yes, and if I ever catch that little runt, I'll beat the daylights out of him. Why didn't you, Butch? I chased him clear across the lot, but he ran down a gopher hole. <laughs> the shrimp. Boy, that's rich. Imagine grabbing dough out of a guy's sock. How much did he get, Jack? About $80,000. It was not. <laughs> Nowhere near that. Anyway, Phil, I'll go out in the hall and get you... Hey, wait a minute. I got the 10 bucks right here. Well, hand it over. I'll hand it over. Don't rush me. Okay. You want it fair and square, and I'm going to give it to you. Yes, sir. What are you waiting for, television? <laughs> now, here you are, Phil. Thanks. Now, don't squander it. Oh, uh, while we're on the subject, Jack, you and I might as well settle up, too. Here's the $5 I lost to you. Now, later, Don. What $5? Never mind. Hey, what's going on here, Jackson? Did you bet on Detroit and Cincinnati both? Well, a guy can get mixed up, can't he? <laughs> well, that beats everything. Now, wait a minute, Mary. I bet $10 on Detroit, and I lost to Phil. And then I accidentally bet $5 on Cincinnati, and I won from Don. So I'm still out five bucks. But what do I care? Ladies and gentlemen, you may not care whether Jack is out five bucks or not, but you will care about those six delicious flavors of America's favorite gelatin dessert. Oh, fine. And whether you bet on Cincinnati or Detroit, you will find that you cannot go wrong when betting on Jell-O. That's Detroit, the whole trite, and nothing but Detroit. <laughs> Isn't that awful? Don, uh, Don, I smell a rat. Did Phil Harris give you that idea? Oh, so you recognize my stuff now, eh? Recognize it? I'll say I did. 
I didn't. The wind was blowing the other way. <laughs> well, you were very lucky, Mary. You know, there are days, Phil, when... Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello, Mr. Benny. Am I in time for my song? Yes, but it wouldn't hurt to get here earlier. What for? I just stand around like a totem pole. <laughs> what are you complaining about? You sing a song every week, don't you? Kenny Baker gets dialogue. <laughs> Never mind about Kenny Baker. How would you like to be in his shoes and work for a guy like Fred Allen? I think Fred Allen is wonderful. Why, you little fifth columnist. <laughs> Where'll I get you outside? Run down a gopher hole, Dennis. <laughs> oh, that midget again. <laughs> hey, kid, did you hear about Jackson losing his dough at the circus? No, what happened? He got rolled by a Lillian Fusion. <laughs> Lillian Fusion? <laughs> Phil, that's Lilliputian. <laughs> Look, Phil, whenever there are two words meaning the same thing, please use the short one. <laughs> Anyway, it was my money, so forget about it. Oh, say, Mr. Benny, that reminds me. Here's the two and a half dollars I owe you on the World Series. Later, Dennis. Oh. <laughs> so you bet the same amount on both teams, eh, Sporty? What do you mean, the same amount? Look, Mary, I lost $10 to Phil. I got five back from Don and two fifty from Dennis, so I'm still out two fifty. Now, Dennis, let's have your song so that everybody can stop worrying about my financial affairs. Okay. Wait a minute. Come in. Special delivery for Mary Livingston. Here she is. A letter for you, Mary. Thanks. Hey, you're a little old uh, for a messenger boy, aren't you? Well, you twitch on rainy days yourself, Bob. <laughs> I'd like to push him down a gopher hole, too. You know? uh, who's, uh, who's the letter from, Mary? It's a note from Mama. Oh, your mother, eh? What's the Oscar Levant of New Jersey got to say? Nothing. She just sent a clipping from the Plainfield paper about our first broadcast. Oh. Here's the headline. Livingston Program Returns to the Air. That's from Plainfield, all right. And Miss Mary Livingston, daughter of that prominent society leader, Mrs. Scarlett Livingston. Scarlett? Yeah, she changes her name with every picture. She ought to change it to Grapes of Wrath. That really fits. Oh, Jack, just because Mama hates you, you don't have to be mean about it. Okay, get back to the review of our show. What does it say? <clears throat> Mary Livingston was her usual self. Charming, witty, and fascinating. Well. But the Blue Fairy Fantasy, written by Jack Benny, was nothing short of puerile and banal. <laughs> Let me see that. Well, I'll be darned. There it is. Go ahead. Miss Livingston's father, Mr. Rhett Livingston. Holy smoke. Mr. Livingston had an unfortunate accident while listening to the broadcast. He was sitting in the car with the radio tuned on when the owner came along and punched him in the nose. Serves him right. When interviewed, Mr. Livingston said, Hick. Oh, drunk, too. <laughs> Is that all? Yes, I'm going to paste it in my scrapbook. We'll paste it face down so nobody will read it. Are you ready for your song now, Dennis? Yes, sir. Well, open your mouth and let it go. Say, Mary, when you answer Scarlett, tell her General Sherman sends love. <laughs> I need 
No soft lights to enchant me If you'll only grant me the right To hold you ever so tight And to feel in my mind The nearness of you I've waited to meet someone like you. Please make my dreams come true. You are a part of me, deep in the heart of me. When you are near, I love you dear. It's not the pale moon that invites me, that thrills and delights me, oh no, it's just the nearness of you, it isn't your sweet conversation that brings this sensation, oh no, it's just the nearness of you, when you're in my arms. And I feel you so close to me All my wildest dreams come true I need no soft lights to enchant me If you'll only grant me the right Hold you ever so high And to feel in my night The nearness of you That was The Nearness of You, sung by Dennis Day. That was very good, Dennis. I really think you have improved a lot this year. Thank you. And say, Mr. Benny, before I forget it, can I mow your lawn Thursday instead of Wednesday this week? <laughs> Why, what's the matter with Wednesday? That's your regular day. Well, Wednesday I have to go down and register for the draft. You know, it's conscription day. Oh, that's right. I'll tell you what, Dennis, I'll pick you up at 3 o'clock, and we'll go down there together. Why, you don't have to go, Jack. Only men up to the age of 36 have to register. Oh, 36, huh? Well, I guess that lets me out. Yep. You barely made the last war. <laughs> yes, and the civil and the revolutionary. Are you happy? Hey, Jackson. Do I have to get in on this, um, on that, um... Registration? Uh, Why, certainly, Phil. Every young American has to register. What's it for? Oh, my God! <laughs> Phil, everybody who registers gets a number, and they send them all to Washington, put them in a big drum, and the lucky winners get a free vacation for one year at the expense of the government. Say, that ain't bad, huh? No. 
And you can take off those patent leather shoes. They're no good for marching. <laughs> anyway, Phil, you just be there Wednesday. What about Rochester? He'll have to sign up too, won't he? Yeah, I suppose I'll have to cook dinner myself Wednesday night. And incidentally, fellas, I've been having a little trouble with Rochester lately. What's wrong? Well, they gave him a big celebration the other night and elected him mayor of Central Avenue. When I got home yesterday, I found a sign on my house that said City Hall. <laughs> I took that down in a hurry. Mary, get Rochester on the phone. I want him to pick me up at the El Capitan Theater tonight. Okay. Hope it's not too much trouble for him. Hey, Jackson, what are you doing over at the El Capitan Theater? Well, Mary and I have been playing there in a show all week. It's a benefit for the British Red Cross. Well, I didn't know anything about it. Well, that's my fault, Phil. I should have taken out an ad in the racing form. <laughs> you haven't read a paper. Your so... number's ringing, Jack. Thanks. Give me the phone. Hello? Hello? Mr. Bailey's residence is how the mayor speaking. <laughs> Rochester. Oh, is that you, Mr. Benny? Yes, it's me. Now, listen, Your Honor. I wonder if I could trouble you to bring the car down to the El Capitan Theater and pick me up about 11.30 tonight. Okay, can I put the top up? Rochester, in this nice autumn weather, it's much better riding with the top down. Yeah, but my silk hat keeps blowing off. <laughs> you don't have to wear a silk topper. Your chauffeur's cap looks very good on you. With a cutaway coat? Oh, boy! <laughs> Now, Rochester, stop being so fancy. Anyhow, what's the good of being mayor of Central Avenue? I get a discount on ribs. <laughs> All right, now, Rochester, the purpose of this call was to have you pick me up in the Maxwell. Now, you'll be down there by 11.30. Okay, so long. So long. Oh, by the way, Mr. Benny, are you aware of the fact the automobile show is in town? Yes, I'm aware. What about it? Well, I was thinking you might want to trade the Maxwell for something less pure island banal. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the Maxwell. It's in perfect mechanical condition. Boss, have you ever lifted up that hood when the motor's running? No. Well, don't do it. The fan bell will slap you right in the face. <laughs> that fan belt can be fixed. You gotta catch it first. <laughs> Now, that's just silly. And the oil flies out like Boomtown. <laughs> now, Rochester... I don't want to hear any more about the car. You just, you just be at the El Capitan Theater at 11.30. It's uphill. I better leave now. <laughs> leave when you want to. Goodbye. So long. Oh, say, boss. Now what? About that little bet we made. Did I have Detroit or Cincinnati? You had Detroit and you owe me $2. I thought so. Never mind. I'll pay you tonight, boss. Okay, goodbye. 
Always want to trade in the car. Why, Jack, do you mean to say that you even won $2 from Rochester? Listen, Mary, I'm still loser. I paid $10 to Phil. <laughs> I got five from Don, two and a half from Dennis, and two from Rochester. That's $9.50. I'm still out half a buck. Now, come on, we got to get over to the theater and do that benefit. Okay. So long, fellas. Hey, you can wind up the show yourselves, See, Mary, when we do the benefit tonight, I want you to give a good show because it's our last performance. I will. Don't worry. Oh, wait a minute. Here's the check room. I want to get my hat. Hello, Tommy. Hello, Mr. Benny. How'd the program go tonight? Oh, pretty good. Can I have my hat? Oh, yes, sir. There you are. Thanks. Oh, by the way, Mr. Benny, here's that 50 cents I owe you. <laughs> Oh, that's right. You did bet on Detroit. <laughs> Thanks, kid. Hey, Jack. What? You can close the books now. <laughs> yeah, come on. Let's go. Back in Grandmother's Day, when guests wanted to praise one of her tasty desserts, they often used to say it's as smooth as peaches and cream. But today, folks will get the idea even quicker if you say it's just as smooth as peaches and jello. Now, there's a combination, ladies and gentlemen, that's really smooth. Really easy to take. Yes, sir, and easy to make, too. And all you do is dissolve one package of orange jello in a pint of hot water and peach juice. Chill until slightly thickened, and then fold in one cup of sliced peaches drained. Then mold, and it's all over but the shouting, and that's sure to come when the family gets its first happy glimpse of this lovely golden dessert. Of course, the regular peach season is over, but you can still enjoy peaches that are actually orchard fresh by making this jello treat with bird's eye quick frozen sliced peaches. Or if bird's eye peaches are not readily available, use canned sliced peaches. Either way, I know you'll like this swell dessert a lot. Take it from me, there's nothing more delicious than juicy golden yellow peaches and rich shimmering orange jello. News for Thrifty Housewives. Log cabin syrup for less money. Popular table size, not more than 18 cents in most stores. Ask your grocer about his new low price. Remember, same matchless log cabin flavor. So delicious with piping hot pancakes or waffles. Only the price has changed. Tomorrow, buy log cabin syrup at the new low price. The lowest ever. This is the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs> 